Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, talking with you once again about practical issues related to ministry leadership. The Lead On Podcast is designed to help you think about practical things that go on day-to-day in ministry organizations and to give you some idea about how to address those particular issues. A few days ago, we were informed here at Gateway Seminary that we are going to receive $375,000. Now, that is a good day. But here's how we're going to receive it. We're not going to receive it for about, oh, 15 to 17 years. What happened was a person that really cared a lot about our school passed away, and they had a charitable remainder trust, which had a give-it-twice provision, which means that all of their assets are now being held in trust by a foundation, and those earnings from that trust are going to be paid out to their two children over the next 15 to 17 years. And when the amount of those earnings equals the amount of the original uh, trust, uh, the, uh, the amount of the original trust, then the, the, that trust is going to be divided up to Christian ministries, of which Gateway is one of those, and we're going to receive $375,000. Now, the beauty of this plan for the person who passed away is their children are going to receive their full inheritance. They're going to get the full amount that was left by their, by their parents. But also, their parents are going to preserve that full amount through this investment vehicle called, this, called a trust, and that at the end of the time that their children have received their full inheritance, then the Christian ministries they cared about, one of which was the seminary, are also going to receive special gifts. Now, while I will not receive that $375,000 while I'm president, it's great to know that it's in the pipeline for us and that it's coming to us someday. And in fact, there are dozens of other people who've made similar kinds of plans, including me, uh, to give the seminary resources after we've already given our family their full inheritance. Now, this happens because someone, someone somewhere along the way helped this family in question with the issue of estate planning. Now, pastoral leadership and estate planning may not seem like two things that go together, but they really do. Estate planning uh, is an important part of Christian stewardship, and pastors have a responsibility to teach people about stewardship, not just while they're alive, but for the entirety of their lives and into their future as their assets outlive them. So I want to talk today about the importance of estate planning and what it can mean for ministry organizations and see if I can give kind of a basic primer, if I could, to pastors and others of you that are ministry leaders about what this means and why it's important for your church now, and more importantly, why it's important for the next generation of leaders in your church or ministry organization. So let's get at the subject today by asking and answering uh, some basic questions. The first one is, what is estate planning? Well, estate planning is making an intentional plan for what happens to your children and your money when you die. It's an intentional plan for what happens with your children and your money when you die. Now, it is a formal uh, uh, process that that many people think is complicated, and because of that, uh, they they just want to avoid considering it altogether for for a number of reasons. First of all, they, they don't like to think about dying. Now, this has always puzzled me about Christians. I don't mind thinking about dying or talking about dying. In fact, I often think about my own death and what that's going to mean to my family and to the, to, to what, to the legacy that I've left. And, it, and I look forward to it with an anticipation because for Christians, death is a transition moment to eternal life in the presence of God. So the fact that you don't like to think about dying doesn't make any sense to me in light of the Christian faith that we hold. 
A second reason people don't want to talk about estate planning is they don't want to work on complicated legal issues. They know that when they start making an estate plan, they're going to have to deal with some uh, legal issues, financial issues. Uh, they're going to have to deal with things in a technical way that are going to require some real thought and study and decision making. And quite honestly, uh, can be hard at times. And people don't like to do that, and so they avoid the whole issue. Another reason that people don't like to talk about estate planning is they don't want to be made uncomfortable about their family situation or they don't want to make uncomfortable family decisions. When you start thinking about estate planning, you have to decide what you're going to do with your resources as it relates to your children or to your extended family. And sometimes, particularly in families where there's uh, dysfunction or where there's there are broken relationships or maybe where there's someone who's... Uh, uh, who's behaving in a very destructive way or maybe someone who lacks the capacity to manage resources. Uh, it's very complicated to think about what it means to leave uh, money behind in those situations. And so because of that, people just want to avoid the whole subject. So what is estate planning? It's an intentional plan for what happens to your children and money when you die. And people like people avoid it because it's a formal process uh, they have to think about dying, they have to think about their family, and they have to deal with the, the struggles, the tensions, and the uncomfortable nature of some of those issues. So I understand why it's hard, but as a pastor or leader, you have to be willing to address this yourself and then lead others in your ministry setting to address it as well. So that leads me to the second question. Why should every person, every person, have an estate plan? Well, there's really at least three reasons that come to mind. The first one is to provide care for your minor children. Now, this is one of the big shocks to a lot of younger families, parents of minor children. They don't realize that if they die without a will or without an estate plan, the state in which they reside will decide who raises their children. Now you might say, well, no, they wouldn't. My, my parents would just take them, or my, my, uh, my brother and sister would just take them, or uh, a favorite friend of mine would, would step in. No, that's not true. No, a judge in a courtroom in the state in which you reside will desi decide what happens to your minor children if you have not proactively decided that by writing a will and putting it as a part of an estate plan. So that means you have to make some hard choices. Um, when we had children at home, when we, when, and our ones were little, we had a written will that described what happened to our children if they pass, if we both passed away. Um, we never really disclosed what that was outside of the people who'd agreed to uh, step in and provide for our children because we knew it would have been controversial and difficult in our family. But nevertheless, just because it's controversial or difficult doesn't mean that you can't take responsibility and that you're not responsible to sort out what would happen to you if you and your spouse passed away. So the first reason to have an estate plan doesn't have anything at all to do with money. It has everything to do with something far more important than money, and that is the care of minor children. Now, the second reason every person should have an estate plan is that people have more wealth than they realize. As time goes by... Uh, people in our culture tend to accumulate more than they think they do. Now, of course, people are saving for retirement, and that's an intentional strategy. But many people who buy a house also enjoy the appreciation of the value of their home and the added uh, equity that's achieved uh, in their home. And so it's not uncommon, especially here in the West and particularly in California where we live, 
for people to have far more resources than they realize because they have a retirement fund and a home that they own in a place where prices have escalated over time. So you may have more wealth than you realize, and for that reason, you need an estate plan. And the third reason that every person should have an estate plan is that we're all responsibility. We all, we're all responsible to take care of our own business. What that means is when, when we pass away, that doesn't mean that our responsibility for our affairs stops. Um, it means that we're responsible to clarify how things are to be resolved after our death and how our resources are to be distributed and how things are to be uh, taken care of. And so you don't leave it for someone else to do. You don't push it off on someone else. You don't be irresponsible at the last part of life and then after your death. You have to be responsible for everything you have or you control or you own, even up to and through the end of life here on earth. So why should every person have an estate plan? To care for minor children? Because people have more resources than they realize and because we're all responsible to handle our own business, not to dump things off on our family or to put things off on others or to, by default, let other people decide what we should have taken care of ourselves. Now, that leads me to the third question. Why should pastors, of all people, why should pastors care about estate planning? Well, first of all, because uh, there are theological reasons to care about and to promote estate planning. Uh, stewardship is not just about managing money in the moment. It's about managing money over a lifetime and beyond. God is the source of everything we have. And if that's true, and we believe it is, then we have to recognize that everything we have must be managed as if it belongs to him, and that includes, includes how we manage it in this life and how we manage it into the next. Now, oftentimes, people think about stewardship as uh, learning to earn, uh, save, invest, and spend their resources uh, and give their resources appropriately. So earn, save, uh, spend, uh, invest, and give appropriately. Now, that's all part of stewardship, but there's one other dynamic of that, and that is the theological uh, uh, reality is that God has given us all of this responsibility over all the resources we have, and in our culture, the control of those resources extends beyond our death, and so we're responsible to have a state plan to manage God's resources, not just while we're alive, but even after we've passed away. Uh, the Bible also says that uh, our theology of planning and our theology of, uh, of estate planning uh, means that, uh, that we leave something for people in the future. It says in Proverbs 11.22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And that simply means that people are responsible to make a plan, not just for how things are managed in this life, but how they're managed in the next one as well. So the first reason pastors should care about estate planning are theological reasons. God owns and controls everything we have. God has made us a steward of everything that he's allowed us to manage on his behalf. That management, particularly as it relates to resources, certainly applies to now, but it also applies to our responsibility to take care of things after we're gone. Another uh, reason that pastors should care about estate planning is for discipleship reasons, and that is that stewardship is a part of Christian growth. Stewardship is about helping people to grow in their faith, in their capacity to trust God, in their obedience, their capacity to do what God has directed. Stewardship is a part of discipleship, and pastors, at the core of who they are and what they do, are disciple makers. They're trying to help people grow in their relationship with God, and one of the significant areas of growth that everyone needs is how to grow in managing their resources or their finances. And so, 
Uh, that's a second reason. But a third reason that pastors should care about estate planning are financial reasons. God has given you the opportunity through this means of wills and estate plans to bring resources into your church or into other ministry organizations in the future that in many cases will vastly exceed what can be given even during a lifetime. Let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, I work closely with the California Baptist Foundation. Uh, they have offices here in our building in Ontario. Uh, I'm friends with their president, uh, Phil Kell. Uh, we have a really dynamic and good working relationship with them. Recently, uh, Phil Kell made a presentation in which he showed that the foundation has over a thousand people who've done estate plans with the foundation that are leaving something in their will uh, and through their estate plan to Christian ministries. Now, what that means is uh, they have 300, or excuse me, a thousand uh, families who are leaving something to Christian ministry. Now, that something adds up. The foundation, when they do an estate plan, of course, does a full analysis of a person's wealth, and so they have some sense of the resources when the estate plan is created. Now, in some cases, that goes down over time, but in other cases, it goes up over time. So it's still a good benchmark to just use the number of the value of an estate when the plan was created. Now, get this. Those about 1,000 families that the foundation has worked with they are currently, that are leaving something to Christian ministry. Don't misunderstand. The foundation works with a lot more people than that. But the thousand that they've worked with that, that are leaving something to a Christian ministry, they are leaving $300 million to Christian ministries. $300 million. And that's just a thousand families. Now you say, yeah, but that's probably a thousand really rich people. No. The foundation works with rank and file California and Southern Baptists. So those thousand families are, are not just the super rich, but they're the regular people who sit in the pews of Southern Baptist churches who've made estate plans and are giving part of their resources to Christian ministries when they pass away. Now, of those same thousand families, they're also giving a significant portion to their children. Uh, they're giving a significant portion to other organizations that they care about. But every one of those thousand or so is giving something to Christian ministry to the tune of $300 million. There's one particular church, I won't disclose, but there's one particular church in that mix, one church that's going to receive $8 million. $8 million from the families in that church that are leaving portions of their estate to that church. Now, how did that happen? Well... How did that happen? It happened because a pastor had a vision a long time ago for starting the process of estate planning in his church as a regular part of their stewardship development, a regular part of their discipleship program, challenging people to think about their responsibilities in estate planning and what that could mean for the future. Now, this didn't start last year. It started a number of years ago. But as it's gone along over the years and built, built uh, year after year after year, it's become quite a movement of people in this congregation who have estate plans through the California Baptist Foundation uh, who have committed money to that church in their estates. Wow. Think about that kind of resource and what that would do for your church for the long-term future. 
Now you may say, well, yeah, but I'll never get that money. I'll be long gone before any of that comes. Yes, you will. But this is part of your stewardship responsibility as a leader, to recognize that you're not really just responsible for today or tomorrow. You're responsible for the long-term impact of your ministry organization and the long-term impact of what you want to accomplish in that regard. And so it's very significant that you have a vision that goes beyond your years of service out there into the future of what can happen for the seminary. You know, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that we've recently learned here at Gateway that we're going to receive this gift of $375,000. Now, that gift won't come to us for about 15 more years or so when that estate plan fully matures and we receive the resources from it. But the only re- reason it happened is because the people who passed away, who by their way, by the way, were up in their late 80s, uh, the only reason that happened was because about 30 years ago, someone helped them to develop this estate plan that put this into motion. So this is about a 40 or 50 year process from the time the plan is created until the fruition comes and the gift is finally received. You may say, well, I, I just don't want to think about that much into the future. I don't want to think about that much long term. Why not? I'm so glad that a past president here at Gateway and past leaders of the Baptist Foundation of California, I'm so glad that those past leaders took the initiative to develop these estate plans and put this money in the pipeline so that someday it's going to come to our seminary and help make us into even a stronger, more capable seminary going forward. So... Uh, why should pastors care about estate planning? Well, there's theological reasons. God has given us, uh, has made everything that we see, and He's given us everything we have, and we're responsible to manage it on His behalf. And discipleship reasons, because stewardship is a part of growth. It's a part of learning how to trust God, how to have more faith in God, how to be obedient to God. So stewardship is a part of discipleship. And then financial reasons. There are millions and millions, if not billions and billions of dollars that Christians are going to leave uh, in this next generation that's going to pass into someone else's hands, and we have the opportunity to plan for some of that to come to the work that we're trying to do. In fact, uh, different estimates, different numbers, but um, one consistent number is around $30 trillion. Uh, Financial planners say that in this generation that's coming up where the baby boomers pass off the scene, they're going to transition about $30 trillion to latter generations and to organizations and to ministries. And so that $30 trillion transfer is the largest single generational transfer of wealth in the history of the world. And we have a responsibility, a financial responsibility, to make sure that people have an understanding of how to leave some of that to churches and Christian ministries. Well, let me ask and answer another question for you pastors and other church leaders. What do pastors and church leaders need to know in order to lead out in estate planning? The answer is not very much. In fact, nothing really technical at all. You just need to know the basics. The basics are that uh, people develop a will, which is the foundation of an estate plan, which says how everything about their estate is to be managed, their their minor children and their resources uh, after they're gone. And, of course, in the process of this, uh, and so that's really about all you need to know is just the basics. In fact, let me uh, underscore that you should never try to do any estate planning on your own as a ministry leader. That is way out of your lane and way out of your expertise and way beyond what you're capable of doing. But if you know the basics of what an estate plan is and about, and about why they're important, then uh, you can access the help you need to do this in your setting. What does that mean? Well, there are 25 state Baptist foundations. There's the SBC Foundation. 
Uh, these are primary resources for you as a pastor, wherever you're living across the United States. These are primary resources for you to help you understand how to access estate planning information for your church family and for people that you influence. Now, uh, again, let me underscore, all you need to know is the basic need and the basic structure, and then take the initiative to contact the people who can help you do this well in your setting. You should never attempt to give any kind of financial advice, any kind of legal advice, or in any way tell people uh, how to do an estate plan. But you can use your pastoral connections and network and relationships to access people who will come into your setting and do this. Mostly, they'll do it for free. If anything, there'll be just some minor expenses that might be associated with it. But most of these foundations will come and do these opportunities for you uh, 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 as a part of the ministry they have in your state. So what would an estate planning strategy look like uh, in a local church. Well, first of all, it would mean an estate planning seminar every year or every other year. Now, an estate planning seminar is usually a, a half-day experience, like a Saturday morning from like 8.30 to noon or something like that. And during an estate planning seminar, uh, someone from a foundation comes and lays out uh, the basics of estate planning. And since it's a Christian and church audience, they lay out the biblical and theological foundations, and then they walk it through, the, to, through to the practical aspects, and then they lay out some principles and some key issues that need to be thought through and worked through as the conference participants develop their estate plans. Now, no one is asked during an estate planning seminar to come up with their plan in the spot, in the moment. This is a relationship building experience where people come to an estate planning seminar, they hear material presented, they gauge the competence and the, uh, and the connectivity they have with the, uh, with the presenter, and they make follow-up appointments to actually work on estate plans. Now you say, well, uh, does the seminary ever do anything like this? Sure we do. A few years ago, for example, we put together a cruise. Uh, it was an, a leadership and estate planning cruise, and on that cruise, I spoke on leadership, but we had Phil Kell from the foundation uh, actually do an estate planning seminar on ship and then say he would meet one-on-one -on -one with any couple or any individual that wanted him to, even on the ship. And every couple that went on that cruise on that experience met with him, and by the time it was all over, about a year later... Every single couple or person who went on that cruise had either written an estate plan or changed their estate plan to include Gateway Seminary going forward into the future. So that's what it looks like. You have some kind of an experience where you have a, a conference, or in our case, we did it in the context of a donor and friends cruise, but that's certainly not expected or anything like that in a church setting. But you have a, a, a setting in a church where you bring in a foundation leader, they make a presentation, they walk people through the ideas of what it means to develop a state plan, and they make follow-up appointments to begin working with them. And these plans usually take several months to put together because there's lots of questions that have to be asked and answered, lots of information that has to be gathered, um, there has to be a lot of options considered by the person who's trying to write the plan. And you may say, well, does the foundation tell people what to do with their money? Absolutely not. No, no competent estate planner does that. But they do lay out the options. They say, what would you like to do for your family? What would you like to do for your church? What are some particular ministries you've supported during your lifetime that you'd like to support more uh, you know, after your death? And those kinds of 
questions help a person to develop this kind of plan? And frankly, uh, a lot of times people may have an accountant or a or financial planner that they already work with, and that person gets brought into the conversation as well because while financial planning and accounting are important to estate planning, they aren't a replacement for it, and they are a different set of expert. It's a different set of expertise. So. A good estate planning, a, a good pastoral, a good church-based strategy, excuse me, a good church-based strategy starts with a pastor who has an understanding of how to connect with people who can lead estate planning seminars and makes a plan to do this on a consistent basis. Now, the consistent basis part is what I want to emphasize. Doing one conference like this is not going to solve the problem uh, or not going to address the need. It would be better to say, we're going to do an estate planning conference every year or every other year in our church from now on into the indefinite future because we're responding to theological and discipleship issues and because we are responding to financial and stewardship issues and because our church is growing and we continually add new people or because people have learning readiness at different times and seasons of life for these issues. We're not going to do a one-shot seminar and depend on that to solve the problem for the next 10 years. No, we're going to do it every year or every other year so that we have a consistent message going forward about how this can be done and how it needs to be done. And you say, well, if I had a church of, of 150 people, uh, maybe you know, only, say, 50 families, how, how many would I expect to come to an estate planning seminar? Well, maybe three to five families. Maybe 10 would be the outside most. But if every year you had three to five that came and participated, and every year you had three to five new estate plans developed, imagine the impact of that over a 10-year period as families got their financial plan made, and it included not only their family support, but ministries and the church. So an estate planning seminar offered on a consistent basis with follow-up uh, contact and with work done with a professional organization like, one of the, like a foundation, that's step one. Step two is to make materials available on a consistent basis. Uh, to get brochures or, or website addresses or other materials available and simply make those available on a consistent basis, maybe running them once a month in your church newsletter or bulletin or putting them on your website once a month or putting them out there uh, in your church foyer in a brochure rack or something like that. But not every day and not every week, but on a consistent basis where you say, you know, every month or every month or two, we re we, we repost this material and just remind people that it's available so that we keep the idea ever present that this is something our church can help you to do. And then the third uh, way that pastors can be involved, first with seminars and follow-up material or follow-up meetings that go out of those, second with materials that you make available, and third and finally referrals when you encounter personal situations. It's not uncommon in pastoral ministry to learn things about people, about their finances, about their families, about uh, what about their fears and concerns. It's also not uncommon to know that people are facing illnesses or maybe potential death situations. And in those situations, it's appropriate as a pastor to say, you know, this is a serious situation you're facing or you're describing something to me in your family that's, that's very significant. Uh, or I'm looking at your life situation and it just brings a question to my mind. And the question is, uh, do you have a will and a good estate plan that will take care of all these issues when you're no longer able to be here? You'll be enjoying heaven but these issues have to be dealt with here on earth, and have you made a plan for them to be dealt with? And if the person says, no, but I'd really like some help with that, <clears throat> it gives you the opportunity to make a referral, connect them to the right people, and do a pastoral service to people by meeting one of the deep needs they have that is really a private need, maybe not talked about openly too much, but one you learn about, and you can be significant and influential in resolving. Well, it was a good day when we find out we were receiving a $375,000 gift 
it'll be a better day in about 15, 17 years when that gift actually comes to the seminary. Uh, this all happened because someone somewhere believed in, talked about, taught the importance of, and led people to do estate plans. So I'm challenging you pastoral leaders and church leaders to take this seriously and put it into practice. Take care to do it as you lead on.